For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Paul's Life and Letters, For or Against Torah. This is part three of the series. Paul taught that Yeshua, when he died on the tree, he died so that we can receive forgiveness of our sins. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that... Messiah died for our sins according to the scriptures. Then Paul explains in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 3 and 4 that when Messiah died on the tree, he not only shed his blood so that we can receive forgiveness of our sins when we repent of our sins and accept Yeshua as our Savior and Lord, but then Yeshua rose again. He was resurrected the third day according to the scriptures that is what is written in the torah and the prophets first corinthians chapter 15 verse 3 for i delivered unto you first of all that which i also received how that messiah died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures what scriptures the hebrew scriptures the torah the prophets and the writings and then he says and he explains the significance that not only Yeshua died and shed his blood so that we can receive forgiveness of our sins, but the significance of him being resurrected on the third day. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 14 that if Messiah is not resurrected or risen from the dead, then is our preaching vain and our faith is vain also. And Paul taught in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, that Yeshua died for our sins while we were sinners. But God commanded his love toward us that while we were sinners, Messiah died for us. And in receiving Yeshua as the Messiah of Israel, the Messiah of the world, being our Savior, that in order to make him our Savior, we cannot trust in our own righteousness or our own good deeds for our salvation. In Philippians chapter 3 verse 9, in being found in him, not having my own righteousness, but that which is through the faith of Messiah, the righteousness which is of God by faith. So in our own merit, 
we cannot have and establish our own righteousness in God. That Yeshua, he is our righteousness. And by receiving him into our hearts and into our lives, confessing our sins and receiving his shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins and making him savior and Lord of our lives, he is our righteousness. He becomes our righteousness. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So this is a part of a covenantal exchange that's associated with blood covenant. Yeshua shed his blood when he died on the tree. Whenever we receive him as savior and lord of our lives, we are entering into a marriage relationship that is based upon blood covenant. And as part of making a blood covenant, there's an exchange of garments. So we exchange our sin for his righteousness. And so his righteousness becomes our righteousness because we don't have righteousness in ourselves separate from him. Paul taught that Yeshua is our righteousness in Romans chapter 3 verse 22. Even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Yeshua Messiah and it's for all them that believe. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30, Paul taught, but of him are you in Messiah Yeshua, who is of God, in that Yeshua is made unto us wisdom. He's made unto us righteousness. He's made unto us sanctification and redemption. And so our righteousness is of him. He is our righteousness. And by receiving him, we are made righteous in him. When Yeshua shed his blood, when he died on the tree so that we could receive forgiveness of sins, as Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, while we were yet sinners, Messiah died for us, that Messiah's death was the means by which God the Father would be able to reconcile the world unto himself. Because sin separates us from relationship with the God of Israel. And Yeshua's death on the tree is going to make payment for our sins so that reconciliation can be made between God the Father and a sinful world. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 19 to wit that God was in Messiah reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses against them. So it's the desire of God the Father that our sins be forgiven. That's what he prefers. That's what he wants. So he provided the means so that that can happen. But we have to do our part. We have to repent of our sins and we have to declare the God of Israel as the king, the sovereign of the universe. And we have to declare and testify that Yeshua is Yahweh and that he is the Messiah and Savior of the world in order for God the Father to be able to extend the forgiveness that he wholeheartedly wants to give to all sinners. So when Yeshua died on the tree, it's through his shed blood is the means by which we can have forgiveness of those sins.
sins. Paul taught in Colossians chapter 1 verse 14, in whom, that is Yeshua, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. It's the blood of Yeshua that reconciles us to God the Father. Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 1 verse 20, and having made peace, made shalom through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. So regarding Yeshua, once Paul got the revelation, the understanding that Yeshua is the Messiah of Israel and the Savior of the world, he re-examined the Hebrew scriptures and he saw in the Hebrew scriptures that Yeshua created the heavens and the earth, that Yeshua made covenant with Abraham and that the Hebrew scriptures teaches that Messiah would die and rise again on the third day. That Yeshua's shed blood is the means by which we receive redemption of God the Father. And that we have no righteousness of our own self. That Yeshua, he is our righteousness. And it's through receiving Yeshua's shed blood on the tree by repenting of our sins is the way that we are reconciled to God the Father. And when we repent of our sins and make Yeshua Savior and Lord of our lives, that's how we become a part of his covenant family. And so Paul taught that we are saved by grace through faith, not by trusting in our own righteousness or not receiving the merit of being saved through following the Torah and receiving righteousness in our pursuit of following that Torah. And Paul explains why this is so. is because the Torah at Mount Sinai was given as a covenant. And ultimately, if you break one part of the covenant, you've broken the whole covenant. And there's nobody humanly who have lived on this earth except for Yeshua the Messiah who lived a life where they did not sin, where they did not transgress the Torah, as we're told in 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, that sin is transgressing the Torah. So if we're seeking to receive righteousness by following the scriptures or the Torah exactly according to what it says, no one outside of Yeshua has been able to do that. So therefore, we have once again no merit in ourselves and in the way we live our lives. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So Paul taught in Romans chapter 3 verse 20, therefore by the deeds of the Torah shall no flesh be justified in his sight. And then Paul wrote in Romans chapter 3 verse 28, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the Torah or without merit from the way we live our life. Paul also taught this not only in his letter to Rome, but also to the Galatians as well. Galatians chapter 2 verse 16. No 
showing that a man is not justified by his own religious deeds outside of the Messiah. He's not justified by the works of the Torah, but by the faith of Yeshua HaMashiach. For by the works of the Torah shall no flesh be justified. Paul taught in Galatians chapter 3 verse 11, but no man is justified in their own merit through the way they live their own lives in the sight of God because it's evident. And then he quotes from the Hebrew scriptures that the just shall live by faith, by trusting and putting their trust and confidence in the God of Israel. Paul taught in Romans chapter 3 verses 24 and 25 that we are saved or redeemed by the blood of Yeshua. Being justified freely by the grace through the redemption that is in Messiah Yeshua, which God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Paul taught in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5 that Yeshua is our mediator. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Messiah Yeshua. That Yeshua is not only our savior, he's not only our redeemer, he not only created the heavens and the earth, he not only made covenant with Abraham, he is not only our mediator, but he's our intercessor. Romans chapter 8 verse 34. Who is he that condemns? Is it Messiah that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us? So Paul taught that the righteousness of God, being in right standing with the God of Israel, comes by faith or trust, believing that Yeshua is the Messiah and in confessing our sins. Romans chapter 10, verse 6 and verse 8. But the righteousness, which is of by faith, what does it say? That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Yeshua, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, Romans chapter 10, verse 10. Now, looking back at the Hebrew scriptures, looking at the Torah, Paul explains in Romans chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, that Abraham did not earn his own salvation of God through the way he lived his life that Abraham, when he lived his life, like all of us, sinned at times as well. So we're told in Romans chapter 4, verse 4, now to him that works or by your own merits is the reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. So in other words, what he's saying is that if my righteousness comes because of what I've done, then I receive merit for what I've done because I've earned it. And if I receive merit by what I've done or what I've earned, then it's not by grace. And so he goes on to explain in Romans chapter 4 verse 5, but to him that works not, or or to him that doesn't have any reward based upon his own merit, but instead believes on him that justifies the ungodly, that is believing on God the Father through the redemptive work of Yeshua, his faith or trusting in that redemptive work, 
that is what is counted as righteousness, not our own individual merit apart from the righteousness or the redemptive work of Yeshua when he died on the tree. That Paul taught that salvation is believing that Yeshua is the Messiah. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 11. That if you will confess with your mouth Yeshua as Yahweh, Yeshua as Lord, and will believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Because it's with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says that whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Paul taught in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 that we are saved by grace through faith. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Romans chapter 3 verse 28, Paul taught, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith, by trust, without his own merit, without the deeds of the Torah. So because we are not righteous in the eyes of the God of Israel through our own individual merit, there's nothing that we can boast of regarding our own individual merit. So Paul says in Romans chapter 3 verse 27, where is boasting? It is excluded. It cannot be done. By what means? By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. So Paul explains that being saved by grace through faith is the way that both Jew and non-Jew are saved by Yeshua the Messiah. Romans chapter 3 verses 29 and 30. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing that it's one God that will justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision by faith. The circumcision here is a reference to a Jew. The uncircumcision is a reference to non-Jew. These are titles or terms that were associated with Jews and non-Jews. Paul taught in Romans chapter 10 verses 12 and 13 that the righteousness and salvation of God is for both Jew and non-Jew. So he says there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek or the Jew and the non-Jew that the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord whether you're Jew or non-Jew shall be saved. So Paul, then, in examining his teachings, we see regarding Yeshua that he taught that Yeshua created the heavens and the earth, that Yeshua made covenant with Abraham, that Yeshua is our Savior, that Yeshua is our Redeemer, and he's the one mediator between God and man. He ever lives to make intercession for us, and through his shed blood, we're saved by grace through faith. Now, Paul's going to explain that in being saved by grace through faith, how you're supposed to walk out and live your life on a daily basis unto Yeshua as an expression of thanks unto him for what he has done in saving us by his shed blood, by grace, through faith. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and beginning in verses 1 and 2, Paul, in writing primarily to a non-Jewish audience, says that they are not to be ignorant that all our fathers were redeemed out of Egypt. So writing primarily to a non-Jewish audience, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. And they were all immersed unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They did 
all eat the same spiritual meat, they did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Messiah. Now, if you wanted to repeat something, you do so in emphasizing it by saying it multiple times. That is how you emphasize something, is by repeating it. So here, Paul not only repeated his point, but five times he used the word all to make the point that all our fathers were under the cloud. They all passed through the sea. They were all immersed under Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They did all eat the same spiritual meat. They did all drink the same spiritual drink. And so, therefore, if we examine the literal words of Paul, where he was writing primarily to a non-Jewish audience, explaining to them that all our fathers passed the sea or came out of Egypt and they crossed the Red Sea. But that is not literally true. My father and grandfather didn't literally come out of Egypt. Paul's father and grandfather didn't literally come out of Egypt. Neither did the father and grandfathers of his audience literally come out of Egypt. So if they didn't literally come out of Egypt, then how come he said that all of our fathers came out of Egypt, that they all passed through the sea? Well, the reason why he was able to say that and tell the truth is that this is a concept of covenant. It's a concept that is in the Torah. So when Paul was writing, he was primarily non-Jewish audience explaining them that all our fathers were in the cloud. They all passed through the sea. He was teaching the Torah from Deuteronomy chapter 29 verses 12 through 14. So let's look at what Paul was referring to or teaching. In Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 12 it says that you should enter into covenant with the Lord your God and into its oath which the Lord your God makes with you this day that he may establish you today for a people unto himself, that he may be unto you a God, as he has said unto you, and as he has sworn unto your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Neither with you only do I make this covenant and this oath. So speaking regarding what is happening at Mount Sinai, it is said by the one who's making the covenant at Mount Sinai, the God of Israel, he's saying to his people that this covenant that I'm making with you is not being made with you only. But Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 15, that the covenant at Mount Sinai is being made with him that is physically there, but also him that is not here with us this day. So the covenant at Mount Sinai is being made with two groups of people. It's being made with those that are there, and it's being made with those that are not there. So you can enter in to a covenant contract that was made between two parties, even though the covenant, the contract, you didn't literally sign, but by being a part of one element 
of the party that was making the covenant, you could inherit that covenant. And one example that perhaps we could understand is in the founding of the United States of America, it was founded with a constitution. And even though today we're not living in the generation that made that constitution, and we individually did not sign that constitution by being born in the United States of America, that constitution, that law, that agreement that was made to govern this land, we now inherit. Well, that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject, Paul's life and letters, for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.